what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. We're back for more, for more abuse. Um, So uh, get ready for uh, this, because I... I thought about this the other day, Harris. Our, our podcast, we say we're on the wild, wacky, and crazy side of wrestling, but we really should put into that we're on the wild, wacky, wacky crazy, and really stupid side of wrestling. Because I feel like most of our stuff, and, well, which is, I guess, fair, but the crazier stuff tends to be the dumber stuff and, and the mm-hmm. quote-unquote bad stuff. So I, I, I thought of this the other day. I was like, I need to start trying to add to my list like stuff that was actually good and also crazy. But I guess the problem with that is most people already know about a lot of that stuff. The bad stuff are the things that are buried away that people don't remember, and that's kind of the point of our show. But uh, right, and the stuff that doesn't that mean anything. I just thought YouTube, about that, for example. Right, it doesn't mean anything. I just, I just, I just thought about oh, that so the other day. I thought that was going to be your segue into saying, and this week is something good that happened. Oh no, 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 not at all. Um, <laughs> this, this week it's going to be one of the worst matches in the history of the world. Um, Great. That has ever happened. So uh, okay. we're we're gonna jump right into this. So if any of you guys are regular listeners to the show, which I hope the two of you are, um, a couple of weeks ago, you heard Harris talk about a uh, very, um, let's just say, borderline inappropriate, very crazy um, topic that happened in like. Uh, Late spring, early summer of 1999 in WWF. Well, uh, bookmark that. It has now what he talked about has nothing to do with this episode, but the time period is almost the exact same time. We are gonna pretty much stay in the summer of 1999 in WWF, and as Harris was saying, there are a lot of things that could have been episodes, and he's right because here's another one. <laughs> So we're talking about the summer of 1999. A lot of stuff going on in the WWF. Of course, the Attitude Era, full swing. The Rock, Stone Cold, top of their game. DX is hot. Uh, as you know, we got the weird Vince McMahon Corporation, Shane McMahon stuff going on with Triple H and 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 Triple H and China are in the middle of like having some weird misogynist feud. It's it. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, Jeff Jarrett is beating up women. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, on. <laughs> that, that honestly, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, shoot, that could have been a whole episode. Putting, yeah, I'm putting a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Jarrett is literally going around on purpose because he's like having this feud with China where he's like not happy that he has to wrestle China. And so in retaliation for her being like, treat me like everyone else. He's like, all right. So he's just going around beating up all the women. Um, right. And this includes so, like actors, like guest actors who are people. I was only like four in 1999. So I don't know who she is, but um, like, like people from the, from the crowd. I mean, he's just beating right. up women. And um, so it's, that has nothing to so do with this, but it's he like is Randy doing. Orton, the legend killer, except it's just Jeff Jarrett. The, the, women, the killer. women killer, yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, he's very, he's very hateable. Um, so that's good, I guess. I guess that, I guess that point gets across. But anyway, so a lot of this going on. Also, right before this, uh, what I'm going to talk about happened because I wasn't quite sure what episode of Raw it started on. So I, I clicked to an episode of Raw, and it just happened to be the debut of Jericho showing up. Whoa. So I rewatched that again. So that was fun. Uh, but anyway, another thing going on right now is a little guy, a, uh, I I guess one of those pretty much mid card guys, journey, another journeyman wrestler. He's been around for decades, good in ring hand, always a solid, uh, mid card guy. And his name is Al Snow. Now Al Snow, uh, is, was a big star in ECW, uh, he wrestled in WCW and then wrestled a couple different stints in WWF. 
but um, he has a new companion. Now, you might know, Harris, I don't know how familiar you are with Al Snow, but his big gimmick was he would come out with a women's mannequin head, um, and, it, and it was named just Head, because, you know, it, it makes sense. Um, it does, and I shudder to think, like, the innuendo they could have come up with for just, that if they had tried. Just so. wait. Just wait. Um Okay, but it, that was his big gimmick, and it got over pretty pretty big. I mean, people would pop for it. It was it was goofy, but you know he he committed to it and he made it his. And it, you know it, I'm not gonna say it was good, but but it, it was it was fairly over. You know, for a mid card yeah. guy. Well, in the summer of 1999, a change was was made because there was an idiot professor, oddly enough, from Kennesaw State, um, and it saw an Al Snow. Well, I believe. I believe it was a her, but anyway, she saw an Al Snow action figure at Walmart, and, well, of course, head was included, and she jumped all over it, saying it was inappropriate and promotes violence to women and all this other crap that WWF clearly does not agree with, so so WWE naturally thought, well, we can't have this, so they turned it into an angle, and... It caused Al Snow's character, like, they, they took head away, and it caused, or, or, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself here, so. Okay, well, hang on, let me just say, first, it's a good thing she didn't see what Jeff Jarrett was doing, right? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you just said, which WWE didn't condone, and I'm like, I guess. <laughs> right, well, I guess, because he's the bad guy, but anyway, um, and there wasn't a toy, I guess, that said Jeff Jarrett woman beater. So maybe that's the difference. I don't know. <laughs> maybe so. I mean, she clearly does not watch the show. Like, that's right. the thing. Almost anyone who complain, who these like other things that complain about WWF or WWE, they don't watch the show. They see one totally other right. thing. And then anyway. Um, but anyway, so because of this, they, they made this an angle like this professor getting on Al Snow character and it caused him to suffer from um, from depression on the show because people were not you know they weren't liking him yeah um also they used it as an opportunity to uh quote unquote kill off head when uh Prince Albert impaled her with a spike so head is dead (laughs) R.I.P. yeah and um but but this did not deter Al Snow Because he found a new companion. It was in a little chihuahua named Pepper. Uh, but, but, But Pepper was not just an ordinary dog. No, no, no. It would talk to Snow and it would give him advice on his matches. Uh, it, it would come out to the ring with him. And, you know, it just, it was, it was more, it was almost like a manager. It was more like a manager. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and so this went on for a few months with Snow. He'd bring him down. He'd bring Pepper down to the ring, and and it would help. It would help him in his matches. He would. Uh, he would also give the dog to the broadcast team to hold, uh, which is well, funny because Jerry Lawler always would freak out and always have to hold it and always act like it was peeing on him. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty. That was pretty funny. But uh, anyway, so while this was going on, a feud began between Al Snow and the big boss man for the hardcore title. And they had a match at SummerSlam and Al Snow won it and he became the champ. Well, boss man, if you know anything about boss man, he doesn't, he doesn't take too kindly to losing. And, uh, so the next night on raw, while Al Snow was beating road dog in the ring, boss man came down, beat up Al Snow and stole pepper from ringside. No, I know, I know, and we've talked about Big Boss Man before. I believe it was also in the year 1999. Um, Boy, did we with uh, Big Show? And yep, let's just say Boss Man is one of the most hateable characters in the history of wrestling in the year 1999. Um, and it 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 will we'll get to more of it. So anyway, Al Snow is is very distraught. He he, I mean, you know, his best friend has been stolen. It's been dog napped. And, uh, and we, we hear, or no, we're going to head to later that week and it's the first ever episode of SmackDown. So a lot of stuff's going on during this time period. Um, the first ever episode of SmackDown, it's uh, August 26th, 1999 and boss man takes on Al Snow for Al Snow's hardcore title. 
uh, boss man comes out, badmouth snow and, and badmouth pepper and says if pepper bites him again, he'll send him straight to hell and, uh, a lot of stuff, not pulling any punches. And he wants to, and he says, if he wants to see the dog again, then Al Snow would better put up his hardcore title. So that's that's how the match then was taking place. And if he does, and if he wins, then or uh, if he does put up the title, he'll return Pepper. So Snow comes back out. He comes out with the belt, and 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 he's just like, you know, come, you know, I'll do I'll do whatever you want. Just just help, you know, bring me Pepper back. And Bossman then later comes back out to the ring for the match with Pepper in a muzzle. And holding it like against the nightstick, like he's containing the dog, uh, like he's a like he's like it's an inmate or something. Um, well, that is that is his gimmick, it, right? Right. This is also a dog that's like a foot long and or like two feet long and a hairless chihuahua. But anyway, um, he he of course hands the dog to the broadcast team, and uh, Jerry Lawler of course acts like it's peeing on him, and um, then the match takes place. Match goes on, it's fine. Al Snow is distracted, though, and really only worried about the dog, so he's constantly trying to go out and get the dog, and, and Bossman ends up winning by knocking him out with a nightstick, and is the uh, new hardcore champion, and he also grabs the dog and leaves. So oh, man. What a, what a, what a, what a What a dick move. Classic blunder. I know. So, uh, the next week, Al Snow talks to Michael Cole backstage, going this very skinny and, uh, very bizarre. Like, to be honest, I feel like there's a certain scenario where if you saw a picture of Michael Cole from 1999, you honestly wouldn't even know it was Michael Cole. Um, yeah. Like it's, well, it's the, the goatee more than anything. The skinniness, <laughs> but also the goatee. That's what really I, gets you. At one point, he had frosted tips as well, and I don't remember when yep. that came around. Um, I think it was after this, but anyway. So he's he's talking to Michael Cole backstage, and he, he is so concerned. I mean, he's, he's just distraught. His... His dog's gone, and he's so concerned that he's been putting up lost dog flyers, and um, and and they oh, okay. and, and they read uh, missing. Have you seen me? Reward offered. Contact Al Snow, and it has a phone number and a photo of Pepper. Now, the the dog is not lost. Right. The, the dog has. We know where the dog is. I was going to say, I presume immediately after this, he gets people calling him and saying, hey, Big Boss Man has your dog. <laughs> I, I can only hope that that actually happened. Uh, but it's, it, there is a, at least, it looks like a real phone number. So I don't know who, what it goes, I don't know what it, it is going on. But anyway, um, bo- anyway, Boss Man then comes out to the ring and calls for Al Snow. He apologizes to Snow, you know, for keeping Pepper and 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 he's just he's really trying to push the I'm really sorry and and I know this must be so bad for you and he's just the biggest dick ever. I mean, he is oh, so, so he's good. Not sincere. No, I he is. We were about no, no, to no. Just, like wrap things up and talk it out. No, no, he is quote unquote being sincere, but he is so good at just being just this detestable douchebag. Um, I mean, the crowd will just chant asshole at him when he comes out there. Like, it's great. Um, but he tells Snow that all he has to do is just come find him, uh, come, come to his hotel room next Thursday and he'll give him pepper back. So that's all he's, all he's got to do. So on SmackDown, we see footage from earlier that day when Al Snow is finally going to see pepper again. He goes up to boss man's hotel room and, uh. Again, Bossman just being very sincere and, and friendly with Al Snow, apologizing, and he, he sits him down and says he wants to just make it up up to him and everything, and, and, and you know, he'll see Pepper soon, but, uh, you know, Pepper's out at the groomers, and Al Snow's like, he doesn't have any hair. What's he being groomed for? And so that was, that was pretty funny. The intelligence of <laughs> Al Snow is just a whiplash, isn't it's it? It's true. It really is. He's a smart guy. Um, I guess it's just like he doesn't know much, but he knows that dog. You're right. He knows right. that dog really well. That's oh. the implication. Oh, he does. Um, so he sits Al Snow down, and he says that you know he'll see Pepper uh, soon, real, real, real soon. And uh, he, of course, being the gracious host, even offers to 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 feed Al. You know, 
So so he brings out some sort of, you know, I don't know, beef, beef stroganoff or whatever, and and offers it to Al. So uh, can I wait? I'll just wait till whatever you're done with whatever you're uh, typing and uh, and watching. No, no, I'm listening. He brings him the he, <laughs> he's serving him dinner while he waits for the dog to get. Yeah, him. yeah, I'm yeah. So so he's doing that, and 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 Al begins to eat and everything, and and as he eats, Bossman's asking him how you know how how it tastes because it's 100 percent grade A pepper. He has killed the dog, Great. cooked it, and fed it to Al Snow. Great because. This is funny, and, and, you know, and this is the way to you know to get heat. This is all over the hardcore title. That's my <laughs> takeaway from this. Like, thank goodness he was never in the main <laughs> event scene because he would have started a war. He would have nuked somebody. Uh, I know, I know. My but the, the only good. positive thing, man, is they put this much effort into even the hardcore title back then. Now we can't even get effort put into. We can't even get a storyline in the main title. Oh, oh man. man, that's really sad, but that's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, so yeah, that is what has happened here. Um, killed the dog, cooked it, fed it to Al Snow. Uh, so Great. Snow, very um, you know, par for the course, freaks out and starts gagging and like. Like hacking stuff up, and uh, yeah, it's actually funny because when he stands up, the chair actually like kind of sticks to him, so he like walks across the room with the chair on his back. So that was kind of funny, but um, uh, <laughs> boss man starts just throwing the meat on Al, and uh, also then hits him with the tray, and then just rubs his face in the meat as he beats him up in the room. Um, yeah, boss man is just literally the worst human being in the world. Um, he then. As he's leaving, he picks some of some of it up and eats it, and says, "Tastes like chicken." And then that Jeez. ends that ends the segment. Um, so Harris, I just want to pause here, and I just want to get your reaction to what we have just okay. witnessed and what has uh, just transpired here. Okay. So first of all, we knew that Big Boss Man was capable of stuff like this. You can <laughs> check back in our uh, season one episode about his feud with the big show. Right. But there's an important like distinction there, I think, which is that big show's father at least died of natural causes. <laughs> he didn't kill so the big him. boss man did some really messed up stuff. Like he did not respect the dead. Spoiler alert. If you haven't listened to that episode, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. It's called casket writing. If you're trying to find it, he didn't kill him. <laughs> I realize it's not quite the same thing. Cause this is a dog, but my right. word, that's just, that's some next level stuff. Um, it's weird that the most messed up part about it all is that he ate the dog after he killed it. Like he ate a piece of it on the way out, like <laughs> just to prove that like not only did he do it, but he enjoyed it. Right. And then again, this is what I already said. This is my initial reaction was this is just for the hardcore time. <laughs> like, I don't think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The 24 seven defense rule wasn't in place yet. I think was it was. It? Well, I think in a way. Uh, you know what? Well, I, I, I actually, I don't know. It might not have been. It may, it, I think it wasn't. Cause I know for a while that wasn't the rule. And the fact that you're talking about, you know, like having him have scheduled matches for it and agree to put it up, like to put it on the line. Right. Makes me think that it wasn't. So like the yeah. hardcore title, it wasn't a complete like comedy prop belt. Like it became later. But it's still it wasn't like the IC title even, you know, no, it no. was much less the world title. I mean, that's that's incredible. I can't think of a man in wrestling who did more for less than the big boss man. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like that was his yeah. entire career is just like ludicrous highs and lows at the middle to bottom of the card. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Boss man had his moment. That's for sure. Um. So after this segment takes place, we cut back to uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole, and and they're of course shocked and and and, and horrified. Um, so that's interesting. Now, bef before we move on, because it's one thing I did want to get to. Um, uh, so Al Snow's entrance theme is uh, <laughs> is, is kind of funny because. 
Okay, so his big gimmick was he would have that mannequin head, right? Right. Well, this is what his entrance theme would be like. What does everybody want? And, and of course, the crowd would chant head (laughs) after, after each of those things. And it's, 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 it's pretty funny. It is. It is pretty funny. So, um, of course we don't know anything about double entendres on this show, but if you did, maybe you might read into more of that. I don't know. Maybe, but they're just, they're big fans of head. His right, right. The the, the mascot. That's all. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, we got to go back to this. So of course you could imagine this would be pretty traumatic for an individual. Yeah. So the next week on Raw, Al Snow comes out to the ring. However, he has very uh a different in- he has different entrance music and and he has very different attire on. He he's got a he's got like a Japanese like robe thing uh and and like a ninja mask which is on his hand and and he's called Avatar. Upon further notice, Al Snow as a journeyman wrestler has had many different um monikers over the years mm-hmm. and in his previous stint with WWE or WWF, he had a gimmick called Avatar. And and uh, he, he hadn't used it in years, but it's basically like a Power Ranger. And he comes to the ring without the mask on. He then yells Shazam and puts the mask on and turns into a superhero to wrestle. Great. And, <laughs> and so he does that. He comes to the ring... Okay. Says Shazam, puts this Look, ninja all... mask on, and and then and then he starts talking differently. He says he's here to protect WWF uh, fans from evildoers. And then, as he's in the middle of this promo, he stops, rips the mask off, and and says what we're all thinking, which is, "What the hell am I doing?" Okay. <laughs> he well, he. We then... all handle grief in different ways, don't we? <laughs> That's the point. Um, he doesn't know where he is, and he starts freaking out and doesn't know what's going on. Uh, he's almost breaking kayfabe because he's like down on the ground and he's like saying like no, and he's like, uh, like he's just talking about this like gimmick, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like the last time they dressed him, and he's basically saying the last time they dressed him in this outfit. He says you could have stuck a magnet up his butt and dragged him through Fort Knox and he still wouldn't draw money. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great line. My goodness. That's incredible. It is. He's already doing better than poor Chaz when he broke character. I know. I know. But, um, so, so the implication here, he's basically just like going insane Due, due to the grief and and all his previous characters are are manifesting themselves in his psyche that he doesn't know is happening. Um, I do also love that like the pinnacle of insanity in WWF is breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> saying things like "I still wouldn't draw money," and they're like, "He's clearly gone mad." What is he talking about? Well, also the fact that he's dressing up in a previous character. So right, but uh, yeah, that was that was. That was very entertaining. The whole, this whole thing was worth it almost just for that because that was that was quite entertaining. Um. Anyway, so uh, he's now just going crazy in the ring, and he's like laughing, and then he's crying, and then of course he starts barking. Um, of course, of course, naturally. Uh, so he then goes over to the announcers' table and just starts like writing crazily and barking as he's doing it, and then he runs away. So that's the end of that segment. Um, so now we go to SmackDown again. Boss Man comes out and cuts a promo about Pepper, and he's getting good heat from the crowd because they start chanting asshole again. Um, he's, he's Again, he's very hateable. He says uh, if there are any dog lovers in the back that he would love to take them on because, of course, he's hardcore champion. 
And uh, who comes out but British Bulldog? Hey, get I it? get it. You get it? I get it. <laughs> yeah, British Bulldog had been doing some interesting things over this time period, but uh, British Bulldog comes out and wins the match and is the new hardcore champion. Well, okay. Just like that. that and uh, Al Snow then comes out, uh, again, not as Al Snow, but as Leaf Cassidy. Uh, another one of his former gimmicks. Interesting. Which, which hang on, I, I gotta like, I don't even remember what, what this character looked like. It was so bizarre. So let me, uh, let me look this up real quick so I can, I can describe this to people. Um, basically imagine like, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the rockers, like, I do. like Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. Well, he tag teamed with Marty Jannetty during this, when he was Leaf Cassidy and it kind of looks like that. It's this weird like singlet with like a blue and it's like black with blue and green like and a big blue and green X that kind of goes over the front of it. It's it's just weird. it's the, it's literally the most generic I am a wrestling baby face. Like yeah. Get like look at all. And so he comes out, dances around and then does the same thing uh where um he starts to kind of like go in and out of knowing where he's at. And uh, he takes the same pad that he had drawn on back on Raw and rips off a piece of paper that he'd written on and stuffs it down Boss Man's throat. Because Boss Ooh. Man, you know, is still knocked out from British Bulldog. Okay. And he then wakes up and is all confused again and then is walking down the ramp. And then he just, he's like going in and out of character. So he's going in from like looking depressed and then he's like cheering up and like dancing around again. And as he's going down the ramp, uh, Bulldog is still there, who we all forgot he was there. And and he then just gives Al Snow the hardcore title. <laughs> so so he's now champion. And, and, th- and this is their way to change the title without them actually wrestling. Didn't even have to pin him or anything. Wow. <laughs> no, because it's the hardcore belt. Get it? But yet... All this effort is being put into it. Pin somebody for it. Uh, Apparently not. Apparently not. Oh man. So uh, yeah, we got a gym on our hands, basically. I mean, this is the the way I've looking up this feud. The way a lot of people have described this as basically very, uh, basically Shakespearean in in nature. I mean, this thing is very, (laughs) very detailed, very thought out. There's a lot going on. So now we're just going to keep moving on. The next week, uh, Bulldog now comes out and talks about what he did. Then uh, Boss Man comes out and he's very mad and he yells at British Bulldog. And uh, then here comes Al Snow and he's still barking, which is bizarre. But he is dressed as Al Snow this time. Snow says he's uh, challenging Boss Man to a special match at the next pay-per-view, which is Unforgiven in September. We're in September at this point, and uh, okay. he said, he says, because of what he did to Pepper, mm-hmm. he will also put Boss Man in a cage, and the crowd erupts, yay, cage match. He said, but wait, he then explains the match, which is a traditional cage match inside of a Hell in a Cell. Oh my. So there's two cages, and the goal. Double the cage, double that, it must be a. Okay, okay, I'm in. And the goal of the match is to escape both cages. So, simple enough, right? Uh, wait, no, I already have a question. <laughs> okay. Isn't the whole point of a Hell in a Cell match that you can't escape it? Yes. So, okay. Hence, <laughs> hence, to, hence to the difficulty, Harris. It's not like we're walking through, like, a flower garden. Like, it's it's not right. easy. Right. But the point of the match is to get out of the first cage, which traditionally the goal of the match is to escape the steel cage and then escape the hell in a cell cage. Which traditionally is used to keep in everybody. Yes. Correct. Now, that seems a little convoluted, but I'm sure we can get used to it. So I'm ready to watch this match. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Boss man um, says, you know, the hardcore title better be on the line or I'm not doing anything because – that belt is all that matters. Um, and Snow says, oh, of course it is. So Bossman accepts. 
So we're all set to go, right? Right. Uh, but no, because Boss Man is like, well, I'm going to go beat you up now because you're here. And it Al, happens a lot in wrestling. It actually. does. People say that to themselves. <laughs> it does. But Al says, wait, and says, I'm not done yet. Because there's not just going to be two cages in this match. There will also be some of Pepper's friends. And they will be hungry in between the cages. And out come two Rottweilers with handlers. And uh, Snow just kind of laughs maniacally. And now Jerry Lawler is great during all of this feud. Um, but but it was funny because when he goes Pepper's friends, he like, he's like, oh, well, that's not that bad. And then like Rottweilers come down. He's like, what? And he, he's very confused, and it's it's pretty funny. Um, a boss man is still, or a British Bulldog is still in the ring, which we all forgot about again. And <laughs> and he then attacks boss man, and, uh, but boss man counters it. And then Snow comes running down the ramp with the dogs, and they chase boss man out into the crowd, and he runs away. Goodness. So the stakes have never been higher, Harris. We got... Uh, a, a cage match, but no. A cage match inside a Hell in a Cell match, but no. With Rottweilers in it. With all dogs. for the hardcore title. You know how at the end of every movie they say no animals were harmed in the making of this movie? <laughs> I don't trust WWE for a second to have that sort of <laughs> like control over what is happening. Oh, we there's will. just no way. Oh, there's so much more to get to. Um. Okay. So, uh, on SmackDown, it gets even better because backstage, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, Lillian Garcia is talking to Boss Man, and he apparently has the last of the cooked pepper, and it's in a bag that has doggy bag written on it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's going to be on the line in a pepper on a pole match. (laughs) What? Because who's running this show? Yes, that's right. The one and only Vince Russo is in charge of this entire angle. I so we couldn't oh, we couldn't Lord. get through. We almost got through the angle without it, but we had to have it in wow. there, didn't we, Harris? I I have never heard of this match before in my life. I can't believe this is real, but also somehow nothing makes more sense. And this isn't even the, the main part of the episode. This is something I didn't even know about until I saw oh, this happen. Man. Oh man, because the way the way okay. I watch angles okay. is I literally just watch every episode of Raw or SmackDown or Nitro, whatever it is, and just follow yeah. the angle. And and so this came up, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Um, mm. go ahead. I know you have something you want to say. I was just gonna say the cowardice of them not to make that part of the match. That you have to get the pepper on a pole out of the steel cage, escape the steel cage, and then get out of hell in a cell. Like, come on, guys. Get ambitious. You know? I know. I know. We don't need just a steel cage inside of a hell in a cell with dogs. Come on. We see that every week. Give but, us something really bold, you know? But also, remember, SmackDown is brand new. So, I mean, they're pulling out the stops with SmackDown. I mean, it's like constantly having like WWF title matches. There's a lot of stuff going on. Ah, uh, yes, because when I think of SmackDown, I think of great marquee matchups for the title and Pepper. <laughs> That's what SmackDown is really known for. It's elaborate <laughs> pole matches. Right. Um, so, anyway, uh, they both come to the ring and they go at it. And again, like, you remember the uh, spin the wheel, make the deal match with the pole miners or coal miners glove on a pole match. Yeah, say that. Now it's not nearly as good as that, but (laughs) but the pole is not. Again, it's not that awesome looking pole, but it's pretty. It's almost as tall. Like it. it, I mean, it's up there. You know, they're they're trying to make it difficult for him. Um. Anyway, uh, boss man ends up just slacking Al Snow with the nightstick, and he's about to get the bag, but. Here come the Rottweilers again with British Bulldog. Um, okay. The yeah. Friend to all animals, British Bulldog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Boss Man, <laughs> so he's kind of freaking out as the dogs are now kind of surrounding the ring. And, and, he, and he just grabs the bag and throws it across the ring. 
and then leaves as the dogs chase him out of the arena again. And now Snow grabs the bag, so he is the winner. Um, and then leaves with the uh, British Bulldog. And <laughs> one of the weirdest parts of this, Bulldog is never mentioned by name by the commentary this whole time. They, they don't say, here comes British Bulldog. Like, he's never, he's literally never mentioned. Which is uh, very kind of bizarre. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, because he kind of had a feud with Boss Man before this all started. It's It's very weird. But anyway... Hmm. Also, oh yeah, remember I talked about SmackDown is brand new and they're really trying to get a lot of buzz around it? Vince McMahon wins the WWF Championship on this episode of, of SmackDown. Man, so, there's a uh, lot going on this year, isn't there? There, yes, there's, yes, yes, yes there is. Um, so anyway, we're just going to keep on going. So on Raw, we did see footage of Al Snow burying the remains of Pepper in a cemetery with with the two Rottweilers there, and they're like the, well, yeah, paying they their respects. Yeah, yeah, they're friends of Peppers, of course. And and then they show a picture of Boss Man peeing on the grave later in that day, but they say it's too graphic. They couldn't show a video of it. But, <laughs> but they show a Look, picture of it. If there's one thing we know about Big Boss Man, he has no respect for the dead. That's been proven. <laughs> That's just doesn't. character consistency right there. It really is. It really is. Um, So Bossman comes out, cuts a promo on Al Snow, but uh, here comes Hardcore Holly, and they start wrestling, and during the match on the Titantron, Al Snow is in some sort of, like, canine unit training center, and he has, like, one of those dummies, and says, this mm-hmm. will happen to Bossman on Sunday, and throws it, and then the dogs, like, just attack it. Yeah. It's not, like, tearing it, tearing it apart, so... You know, that's pretty terrifying. And the boss man then loses. You know, he's distracted, so hardcore Ollie beats him. And uh but we're gonna we're gonna just move ahead to the real show now. This is what we've okay, been building no, the up. Pause, for. let me just Sure, 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 sure. Al Snow still has the hardcore title, right? Yes, he does. Okay, that's on the line in this match. Okay, I'm just making right, sure right, I right. <laughs> I'm losing track here. <laughs> no, that's yeah, we all are. Um so we're at the real show. This Unforgiven, and, and the build-up has been just all kinds of fun and games as we've uh, just experienced. And but it's all about this match, and they're calling it the Kennel from Hell match uh, at Unforgiven. So the structures are set up, and we're ready to go for the Hardcore title. Al Snow comes out with a bag and uh, the Hardcore belt, not the doggy bag. This is like a big sack, and uh, and the Hardcore belt. And no, the Rottweilers are not in the sack. Um, He's not like Jake the Snake, but, uh, although that would be really funny. But, uh, anyway, Boss Man then comes out, and, and they start to go at it before the dogs even come out. They're, they're starting to go at it in between the two cages, and Al Snow locks Boss Man out of the middle cage, so he's stuck in no man's land between the cell and the cage, and that's where the dogs are going to be. He's halfway to escaping. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I guess that's a good point. But but the whole point of this match are the dogs. I mean, they are the focal point of this match. Right. So here come the dogs. It's about six Rottweilers. They come out with, with their handlers, you know, people have them on leashes, and uh, Bossman's still stuck in between the two cages. So the dogs come into the cell. First one immediately starts peeing. <laughs> As soon as he walks through the, the, the cage, immediately. So we're off to a roaring start. The dogs are uh, just kind of panting and, and kind of look just kind of normal and not very threatening. And so, right. you know, that's a good start. Uh, they start kind of heading towards Boss Man. He's, he's freaking out and trying to climb up the cage. But, but Al Snow has pulled out of his bag the end of a shovel. Like a like a snow shovel, and 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 he starts hitting Boss Man's hands to keep him from climbing in, and they start fighting on the top of the cage, and the dogs, the dogs are now here, and they are just barking at each other. Um, right. They're they're paying no attention uh, to the uh, to the people at all, and uh, the handlers are having their hands full as the dogs are just barking at each other, and uh, <laughs> there is a match going on, but it doesn't really matter because. I mean, the dogs just keep barking at each other, and they're the focal point of the match. And you mean dogs aren't reliable kayfabe performers? You know, apparently not, uh, Harris. I never would have guessed that. Apparently they not. like they're built for pro wrestling. You would think so. Um, bears are, but, but dogs right. aren't. They should have gotten bears 
We we've already talked. We did a whole episode oh, on that. Oh man, that's a match right there. It is. Uh, so anyway, in the ring, they're just really. I mean, a match isn't even really going on. They're just kind of hitting each other with stuff from Al's bag. Um, there's like a piece of wood and and the, the the shovel and things, and Al's bleeding now. The dogs are doing nothing um, whatsoever. Uh, the boss man now gets wire cutters and he's he's cutting the top of the cell, trying to escape, which is brilliant. I don't know why more people haven't done this. Um, so I guess he's he's gonna climb out. The, I mean, you know, the top. most people don't have a second cage to <laughs> climb up in order to do it. That's, I guess that's the that's, that's my answer. It's a fair point, and also the 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 uh, like the cage is like the old style like bars. It's not like the chain link. So the cell is like oh. a chain link, but the cage is actually like the bars, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so I guess they're yeah, trying to change cool. up the visual of it a little. Um, yeah. So anyway. Well, we, I mean, it makes sense because he's so scared of the dogs. Obviously. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, we get a nice flower to the face spot because apparently there's a thing of flour in the sack. Um, and uh, like like powder right yeah, not like yeah. a flower but but of course okay. <laughs> no, i'm talking about the powder yeah not a flower that would I, be we, funny though it's a reasonable question though that <laughs> seems like something that would not be out of place in this <laughs> and, and of course jerry the king is like insinuating that it's like not flower that it's like course. contraband is the word that he uses <laughs> uh so that's good um there's just more whacking with things Dogs are still doing nothing. Um, yep. Two dogs are now attempting to mate around the ring, so that's that's interesting, I guess. They they try and not show that very quickly. Um, I love when something like that happens, and they're very clearly trying to cut around it. Yeah, apparently, but from they- other stuff I read, dogs were, like, pooping out there. I couldn't actually make that out as I was watching the match, but apparently right. that happened as well. Um, I was going to say, because thematically, all you had to do was say... Big Boss Man has a crippling fear of dogs. Sure. And also, this is a pee from hell match because he peed on <laughs> uh, Dear Pepper's grave. And now right. the dogs are peeing everywhere in right. retaliation. And then this is a great match and everything makes perfect sense. Sure. Sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, but again, we talked about um, we've talked about before just like Jr. and and trying to like do his job during some of these things. JR and King are trying to make something happen with it, but it's just, right. it's just not working. And they're not really trying all that hard. Cause they realize there's no point. The right. crowd this isn't, or go ahead. I was going to say, this isn't like last week. All, most of the fun we got from that top. Uh, a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. Right. But right. Well, the announcers poking fun at it. When, right for something like beaver cleavage because it was a comedy bit yeah. this isn't supposed to be a comedy bit this no. is hardcore man this right. is serious this is hell in a cell and killer rottweilers this is this is serious stuff it, it is very serious <laughs> stuff uh also the crowd has not made a peep from start to finish i mean not not a single reaction noise has has been made um the match is still going this match is like 15 minutes long. Um, boss man at one point handcuffs Al Snow to the turnbuckle and then starts to escape. Al Snow, though, breaks the cuffs off and uh, goes after him. So now we just are insinuating that Al Snow's got super strength. We just gloss over that. I feel like this well, should this have been a bigger deal. probably the Avatar. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he was channeling Avatar. I'm disappointed the announcers didn't pick up on that. Uh, it's just too, uh, it's too, <laughs> can't believe they didn't pick up on the nuance of Al. Yeah, it's just too nuanced for them, I guess. Um, so he goes after boss, man. He stops him from climbing out and, uh, snow goes over to the bag, reaches in. And what does he pull out? Head. Head is back to Head a, is back. to a, to a smattering people of people, what they want a smattering of cheers. It's the biggest reaction we've had in this match. Um, <laughs> And uh, he just wallops Big Boss Man with with head on the head, and uh, and starts to climb out of the cage. Boss Man then starts as well, so apparently head isn't very effective. Um, really, no sold head. There. Yeah, he really did. Uh, and uh, the dogs are still there. We forgot about them um, doing nothing. And Boss Man is now on top of the cell, and uh, Snow climbs out of the cell. He real he real quickly climbs over the uh, cage, jumps to the cell wall. Climbs down, gets out of the cage, and he's the winner. Just like that. 
Um, very anticlimactic uh, after everything else. And uh, Boss Man then climbs back in, and he has to somehow get past the dogs that are still barking at each other. He runs away, and the piece of garbage is finally, mercifully, over. Um, Vince Russo, you've done it again. Now, now of course, we've talked about this was all Vince Russo's idea. Um, <laughs> from from the talking dog Pepper, like like everything about it is is Vince yep. Russo, and um, and Snow said that train like. He remember I was reading a thing with Al Snow talking about it, and he was like at the beginning of all this. Snow's like trying to let them know that they need to use trained dogs, or this isn't gonna work. Like he's like, you need trained animals. WWE, yeah. of course, and Russo did not listen, and no. and the dogs were one hundred percent not trained. So there was nothing that could be done like with the dogs. There's nothing they Shit could. The- there's nothing they could like. They could like book around for the match. Without trained dogs, they can't do anything. Right, so, uh, no, bro, 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 you got to get the wild dogs in there, bro. If oh, they're trained, it takes dude, it all away. They got to be wild, dude. Bro. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, so, so there's literally nothing that could be done in the match, even though that's the entire focal point of the match. Of course. So this was Russo's idea, because I read an uh, a thing where uh, Russo was talking about it. His idea was to get real canine attack dogs, but of course, no police unit is going to allow their dogs to be used for this. So, he, <laughs> there's problem number one, uh, and more of, like, Russo's mind, it, it's like it only thinks on the surface, but it doesn't actually yeah. think about what he's doing. He, he has yeah, no practical application sense whatsoever. So right. so literally everything I hear from Eric Bischoff talking about Vince Russo makes total sense when you look at like th- this angle and how this played out. Um so you know so of course the dogs were just regular wat- Rottweilers and they, they were no different than like ordinary dogs. Al Snow says when he first like saw the dogs, they like jumped on him and were like licking his face and like that happened again with Russo and and, and Russo's like freaking out when he saw this. He's like what what they're supposed to be killers they're not they're not killers (laughs) and it's like russo literally wanted killer this is what he said he wanted killer dogs foaming at the mouth ready to rip into boss man how was that ever gonna happen this sounds like a like a t-shirt like a the new catchphrase vince russo doesn't know how dogs work Because you're right. Like he just he just said that, and then I assume just told the killer dogs guy that they have on staff at <laughs> WWF to go get me some killer dogs. That or he's one of those people who thinks like a certain breed of dog is just inherently evil. To like, be honest, I think today, I think like, that's part of it because that that's what I got too from him kind of talking about like, it. Because again, he's just kind of an idiot, and he doesn't know how dogs work. So he's, you know, like if it was today, he'd be like, "Get me some pit bulls, like really killer pit bulls." Which is funny because actually, in the quote I was reading about him, he says pit bulls, but he clearly must mean Rottweilers because they, okay, did, they didn't use the pit bulls. Even better, <laughs> even better. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> right. Well, again, if you have somebody who just thinks things through for even half a second, right? Couldn't you just like? at least have a bit where Al Snow lands on the ground and one of the dogs comes up and like just affectionately licks him and they're like, oh, right, well, that makes sense because they're Pepper's friends. Right. <laughs> they're like his his allies in this match and Big Boss Man is scared of them, but they don't even do that. Or 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 you could get away dogs. with it with after the match, you could then have Al Snow go to the dogs and start like petting them and it's like, yeah. ha, I got you this whole time. They weren't even going to do anything and you're acting like a fool for nothing. Like, yes. They could have at least like, done again, that. If, if you just make it canon that Big Boss Man is really scared of dogs, that also makes what he did to Pepper make a little more sense, honestly. But they yes, didn't even do that. No, they did not. <laughs> oh man. So uh that's the uh that's the story of the Kennel from Hell match. Ooh. And the uh the 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 wonderful and well thought out Vince Russo feud of of a big boss man and Al Snow, something that really Al Snow didn't really recover from. Uh, I mean, he was kind of at the height before this happened, and 
Uh, and again, he was never like the biggest star and, and he still obviously wrestled for, I don't know, 10 plus years after that and did, did plenty of stuff. But, and then he, he, I think like a year or two later, he then became one of the trainers on the first season of tough enough. And, and that kind of became, he did that for several years. And I mean, obviously he real successful as far as like wrestling or training and everything goes, but Right. This is probably uh, what he's most known for in the ring, unfortunately, unless, uh, except for, I guess, ECW fans. But, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, so uh, that's the uh, story. Gimmick Mouse matches are, uh, are rough. <laughs> they don't always work. In fact, they usually don't. I'll take it a step <laughs> further. Oh, man. So uh, that does it for this episode. There's no uh, what's up with David Arquette. Uh, we can't tell you why, but there's not. For, it's for, classified. For the, yeah, that's it's classified for this week. So just know that we love him, and that's all you need to know about David Arquette. They we're not hiding any cool big surprise either. There, there's literally <laughs> right, just nothing. That makes noth- it sound like he's going to be on the show. I know it does. I realize that. I was like, no, no, no. That, that's not, what, that's not what, what we meant. It's just literally we don't have anything to talk about. Uh, for for other reasons for reasons we just don't have anything to talk about so that's why there's not a david arquette segment anyway go ahead and follow us on twitter at behind underscore gorilla for more of our wonderful tweets about the state of professional wrestling and i don't know whatever else i decide to tweet about or harris decides to tweet about and uh you can follow me on twitter at mark mark brand and i'm at harris wilson and uh, if you like if you like the show, then go and leave us a uh, rating and review on iTunes. That always helps. Um, and if you do have your own wrestling podcast, then just uh, drop us a uh, a tweet or whatever, and we'll make sure and and rate and review your podcast as well. So try and help help people out here. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I got, Harris. Anything else you want to sign off on? If you would buy a Vince Russo doesn't understand how dogs T-shirt. <laughs> Let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter. Join our non-existent Patreon, where we are still probably going to make an episode about the rise and fall of TV land. There you go. Right. We're bringing that back. If you want that (laughs) or you want t-shirts or anything and you think that's worth us having a Patreon for, let us know and we'll take it under consideration. And I'll put this, I'll, I'll just float this out there. You know, we mentioned in the past, like, if you like the show, great. Give us a rating. If you don't, great. Give us a rating. We don't care. <laughs> if there are enough of you out there who hate the show, we are open to the idea of starting a Patreon just to stop making the show. <laughs> just hit a certain amount, and we'll quit doing this forever, and you don't have to listen to us again. But again, you're going to have to reach out. So Yeah, you're going to have to let us know. That's all I got. Oh, man. Well, that's that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Gorilla, and uh, make sure and tune in next week.